Fast food music is something that the winner of Eurovision 2017 does not like. He clearly stated this in his winning speech. One of those who represented exactly this type of music in 2017 was Robin Bengtsson from Sweden, who didn't at all agree with Salvador Sobral and even brought a treadmill on stage in Kiev. Why did he do that, by the way? He won the Swedish Melody Festival on his second attempt and will also compete again this year, 2022, for the fourth time. Who is the singer and songwriter Robin Bengtsson? How many times has he tried to compete in Eurovision? And who has sung his songs before him? What does he remember from Kiev and what was the reason why he quarreled with the Ukrainian TV team in Kiev and refused to let his introduction video be recorded? This is Eurovision Legends with Eva Lövström trying to keep my New Year's resolution on a Stairmaster. Let's go! Welcome to Eurovision Legends, Robin Bengtsson. Thank you. Lovely to have you here. Lovely to be here or to, to hear your voice in the headphones <laughs> since we're not in the same room. <laughs> How's life treating you in this pandemic right now? Uh, right now, you know, I can't complain. Uh, I've had a nice um, uh, two weeks off uh, over the holidays, spending time with my family and I went skiing. Well, I was working in New Year's Eve, but other than that, it's just playing around in the snow. So it's been a nice start uh, of the year. Lovely. You are a very well-known profile in the Swedish media, and the gossip press has written columns about your private life. And unlike them, I will not ask a single question about that. And I'm instead more interested in your artistic career, your music and your participation in Melody Festival and to reach Eurovision. But I would like to warm up with some quick questions to get us started. Are you up for yeah, that? Of course. Name drop three Eurovision songs you really like. Um Euphoria. Euphoria. Um I can't go on. Fångad av en stormvind Vad fan hette den på Captured by a love storm Is there an English version of it Captured by a love storm Yeah Best song from Sweden in Eurovision besides I Can't Go On. Maybe you already have answered this question, but anyway. Uh, yeah, maybe, but uh, I'd have to say Euphoria. Worst song from Sweden in Eurovision? Ooh, tricky one. Uh, <laughs> I'm not looking to offend anyone, so um, I guess that would be... Uh, worst song from Sweden, was that the question? Yeah, there's um, some. I bet there's some, but I'll, <laughs> I'll, I'm going to go with Pass. Uh, who should have won the contest but didn't? I mean Eurovision. Well, in 2017, there was this guy from Sweden <laughs> who should have won. <laughs> yeah. But uh, other than that, I don't know. Who should not have won but did? 
well, basically, I think the vo- the one who gets the most votes is the one who should w- win. So I guess everyone that has won in the in the history of Eurovision should have won. You are very kind. Last question: <laughs> Who do you want to see compete in Eurovision next year for Sweden? Well, that would have to be me, I guess. I would love to do that again. Well, everyone survived the first part. Woo! The first relation the Swedish audience got with you was, of course, from Swedish Idol. You competed there the same year as two other singers the Eurovision fans are familiar with, Anna Bergendahl and Lulu Lamotte, yeah. who is one of the girls in uh, The Mamas. Uh, you got an honorable third place, but despite that weren't signed to the record company, and it took some years before the big breakthrough came. Why? Uh, first of all, uh, I think I wasn't I wasn't ready. I didn't have the right answers when the the label asked me what I wanted to do with my music career and what kind of music I wanted to do. And I really didn't have an experience before I entered the competition. So, like looking back, I think it was the best that could happen to me that I had had to go back home to my little town and I learn how to write songs and. Uh, and go to these like small gigs and start over from from that part of the uh, business and I, I really learned a lot and then when i finally had my breakthrough in 2016 i was i was only 26 in 2016 so that was the perfect moment for me to to actually you know started starting to uh, touring and i wasn't ready until that as you say, it took several years from Idol to Melodifestivalen. Uh, do you think you would have still been in the business today without Melodifestivalen? Well, it's it's hard to say. Maybe I would have gone a different path, I guess. Uh, I ask since I know it's a tough business. Yeah, it's a really tough business. Business and uh, and, and Melodifestivalen is like one of the biggest windows for launching a new song whatever reason you're in the competition i mean it's uh, it's the biggest tv show in sweden so of course that has helped me a lot and i i certainly wouldn't be where i am right now without it and your first participation was in 2016 when you competed with the song constellation prize but it wasn't your first attempt to compete since you had submitted songs before yeah i know there was a song web swing fly yeah uh, I think that was like two or three years before I, I entered the competition for the first time. And I just got this demo sent to me and I recorded it and we sent it in and I I never heard anything after that. So I, I suppose they didn't like it. But uh, but yeah, that's... Uh, I don't know how you know that, but that's that's true. What happened to that song? As far as I know, it's still not released, so... Someone's Dropbox somewhere. I don't know. My secret spies claim that the song Cross the Universe was submitted to Melodifestivalen. Hmm. Maybe it was. I'm not sure, actually. I released it, like, right after I wrote it. And that was, like, in August. I don't think so, actually. Mm, But I'm not sure. Yeah. And that song was composed by you, Joy, and Linnea Deb, and a Swedish Eurovision contestant from uh, 2013, Robin Schönberg. Yes. 
Okay, back to Constellation Prize. I know you didn't sing on the submitted demo. That did a guy called Erik Rapp. Yeah. Listen, I should have told you long ago That you glisten Oh, more than he will ever know If he can see what I have always seen Then something isn't right He hasn't seen at all That you are beautiful I'm breaking down the wall And you're a star But now I'm about to fall But he didn't want to take part in Melody Festivalen, so how come the song was given to you? Well, I had spoken with this uh, my former A&R, uh, Frida, at Universal, and uh, she was working with him, because she's working with Idol, Swedish Idol and uh, Melody Festivalen. And um, we talked about sending a song in with me uh, as a singer, uh, and then she just got a hold of this song, and uh, he didn't want to compete with it. So I just went to the studio and recorded it, and we sent it in once again to the jury. Uh, with my voice on it and uh yeah so it was uh, kind of a coincidence actually i'll take you higher than a star could ever go let's make fire How many questions have you got about what a constellation prize is? About a thousand, I guess. <laughs> but but uh, I'm not really sure myself what it is. It's it's some kind of you know, it's not a constellation prize. It's a constellation prize. So it's like a constellation prize that's written in the stars, I guess, or or something. I didn't write it, so I don't I don't have to take any responsibility <laughs> for it. Uh, the composers were one of my friends, uh, Bobby Jungren and uh, Henrik Wikström. But I, I believe the lyrics was written by an Englishman. Yeah, uh, they were. Uh, Mark, uh, what's his last name? Hole. Hole. Yeah, Mark Hole. Yeah, he wrote the lyrics and he's from England. So I just, I just decided to trust him that there's something called <laughs> Constellation Prize. I don't know. <laughs> well, the song ended in fifth place and Sweden instead sent the teenager Franz. Yeah, uh, who I actually talked with in this podcast only a month ago. Oh, really? He's a nice guy. Yeah, absolutely. A lovely guy. Um, still, this must have made you hungry for more. Or how come you were back in Melody Festival in the next year? Yeah, well, for that exact reason, I guess. I just wanted to do it once again and uh, go for the win, to be honest. Were you offered several songs for 2017? Well, I think I sent in maybe one or two besides I can go on, but but uh, I definitely felt like I can't go on was one was the one that would make it. How was the song I can't go on presented to you? 
Robin Schönberg, who was uh, one of the writers. He's a good friend of mine, and he just, I think he just sent it through text or something. It's like, yeah, I think you could do the song really good if we just lower the um, the key a bit, because you know he's got this super high pitch voice. Yeah. Uh, and can belt it out. So we just lowered it like one or two keys, and uh, I recorded it, and we, we we felt like right away that it suited my vocals like perfectly so uh, yeah that's how we went down did you sing on the version that was submitted to the committee yeah But was the song especially written to you in the first place? Well, he, he said that he had me in mind, but I'm not sure if they, like, all three of them sat down and just, let's write a song for Robin. But um, but he, he's, Robin said that he was, he felt it kind of straight away when they started writing it, that maybe this could be something for me. At least that's what he said afterwards. I don't know. <laughs> maybe he's just trying to sell me the song. There's always some legends about songs. But when and where did the idea of the treadmills appear in the discussion? That was actually um, Sign and Dennis, who I work with. Um, Dennis is the stylist and uh, Sign is a choreographer. And uh, they work in, they've been working together for uh, many years. And... They came up with this idea. I think they got it originally from from an old music video or something. Then they just came up with the idea to like walk on treadmills, combining that with like suited up guys, and then like some feminine dance moves to not make it too manly or too dude uh, duty. So they 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 came with that concept, which I loved from the start. Were there any other ideas for staging, or was it the treadmill and nothing else? I think that the idea that that I should start like backstage and off stage and uh, not be on stage until the first chorus, uh, that actually was the first idea. Yeah. And then we just combined those two ideas. But I think I don't know how they how their conversations were before they presented this idea to me. Maybe they had some other thoughts at first, but. But this was the first one that got presented to me, at least. Okay, so you never considered bungee jumping then? Well, uh, not for that song. <laughs> but maybe that could work for something else. That was given to Mariette instead. I always get that question, like, what are, what are you using this year? Are you uh, like a spinning uh, bicycle or other heavy objects? But yeah. uh, no, no treadmills this year either. <laughs> You went directly to the final with the song, and the, the international jury gave you the highest points. Yeah. But the televoters voted for Nano as their winner and Victoria as their second. But since the international jury yeah. had given you 20 points more than Nano, who was their, their second, you won. How much did this victory change your life? Um, well, actually, having my first breakthrough in 2016, I would say changed my life more than than winning the year after because in 2016 that's when I could like quit my day job and just do music full time yeah and what was uh, your day job then i was uh, selling like mobile phones and other electronics uh, i'm not a very good seller so it, <laughs> I, uh, and um, maybe i wasn't too interested in it either so so that was the big life changing moment for me in my career 
but of course, like winning Melifesvallen is a really big thing in Sweden, and uh, uh, I was super proud to represent Sweden and go to Kiev. And you know, it's it's a um, it's an experience that is hard to to match with anything I've done after. You mentioned Kiev here, and directly after your victory in Sweden, you got questions where on the map of Europe the country was. Mm-hmm. Do you remember this? Maybe. Well, that went pretty bad. But do you know today exactly where Ukraine is and where you have been? If you give me the same map, I'm not sure <laughs> I would be 100% accurate. Yeah. Uh, but uh, I wasn't too bad uh, in geography at school, so so I, sh- I should have done better. But you were pretty close. Okay. I wasn't the worst. No, absolutely not. Uh, can you take us back to your memories from the weeks in Kiev? Yeah, I think I was there for like 16 days or something. So my days were basically interviews. I think there were like 4,000 journalists there or something. So a lot of the time, uh, so-called free time, were spent doing interviews. And um, I remember we had really nice weather. It was a beautiful city. We had like 25 degrees. So I was uh, happily surprised with how how uh, cool the city was. And uh, I actually had like two or three days uh, completely off when I was there, so I had uh, I was able to explore my way around the city. I remember how the the Eurovision um, the competition itself it felt like pretty much the same as the Swedish Melody Festival, because so many of the people in the production were, were Swedish and were working in Melody Festival, and so you know the the guy who handed me my microphone and put on my in ears right before I went on stage was the same guy as in Sweden and. Uh, I think it was very very familiar to me to be to be there uh, since I was from Melody Festival and I, and I think Melody Festival in general is a really nice start to have that with you when you come to the Eurovision. I heard you say in an interview a few years later that everything did not go so smoothly in Ukraine and that everything did not feel so serious since they not always were prepared. Well, I think they had um that year uh, they had some problems with the production, and uh, I think that's why uh, a lot of the Swedish uh, production team had to go down and uh, help them out. Yeah. Uh, but it, it wasn't it wasn't anything I noticed super super much when I was there. Uh, everything with my with the show that we did worked out pretty smoothly. I, I'd have to say. Ah, great. And if you want to listen to some chaos, you can listen to the episode with Christy Björkman from this podcast because he revealed more or less everything from (laughs) Kiev. (laughs) Well, I'll leave that to him then. What can you tell us about your trip to Ukraine for 65 days in 2017? Oh, 69, mind you. (laughs) Oh, 69! (laughs) Oh, God. (laughs) How much of a mess was it? Oh, it was a mess. Oh, God. Ha, ha, God. When you were to record the presentation postcard, according to the media, the Swedish media, you ended up in a conflict with Ukraine's TV production because you didn't want to let a stuntman drive a motocross yeah. and pretend to be you since you wanted to do it yourself. Yeah, that's correct. The thing is, we went to this motocross track and um, I've been racing and competing with motorcycles since I was... I started riding motorcycles when I was three, and I started competing when I was eight. So I basically grew up riding motorcycles. Um, and when we got there, they just wanted me to to put on a helmet and the outfit and the, all the protection gear. 
and then uh, someone else would ride the bike. Yeah. And uh, I, yeah, I had a problem with that. It was, I, I think it was some kind of, you know, I, I took pride in it. And also when I, I, I could see him ride the bike and I could see that I was a better rider than he was. So I didn't want that on TV and I want to think that I was, that was me. Also, yeah. he was super short and I'm like almost two, two meters. Yeah. So it looked funny. <laughs> But what happened then? You, you later recorded the, a postcard. Yeah, they had to uh, uh, rearrange some stuff and because uh, he didn't want... The guy who was riding, he didn't want to lend his bike to me. Yeah. So we didn't have a bike for me to ride. So so we had to go back to the city and they come back two days later and they hooked me up with a motocross bike and we recorded it. So everything turned out good in the end. Yeah, hopefully for the for the short guy too. <laughs> yeah. Russia withdrew from the contest since the singer Yulia Samoylova was banned from entering Ukraine by virtue of having previously traveled directly from uh, Russia to Crimea, uh, a region that was annexed by Russia in 2014, yeah. I believe, to give a performance, which is illegal under Ukrainian law. And you got questions about this in nearly every interview you made. I wonder, the reason I bring this up is because How bad do you think politics and Eurovision rhyme? Really bad. Because first of all, most of us that are competing are not... We don't know enough to have an opinion, I think, in most cases. Um, and uh, especially if I speak for only myself, uh, I feel like I don't know enough to have an opinion. And I, especially when you get a question like that and you're not prepared and they expect an answer from you, And I just, I don't think we should um, act uh, politicians when we're not. And uh, and I think it kind of ruins what Eurovision is about. It's just, I, I'm not saying we should all like pretend that everything is fine in the world, but this competition is supposed to be about joy and uh, and uh, that kind of lo lower the mood, I think. But uh, of course, it's um, it's hard to avoid talking about it as well. So, But it's it's hard to, to answer questions you don't know the answers to. <laughs> I know from previous guests in this podcast uh, who come come from, uh, for example, Israel or Azerbaijan, that they always, always, always got questions about their country. Have you got any questions? About, did you get any questions about Sweden? No, not really political. It's, it, it's more like the fact that uh, Sweden always has high hopes uh, in the Eurovision that we all, that we nearly almost perform well and uh, end up with good positions. So. I got a lot of questions about that. Do you feel the pressure coming from Sweden? Uh, you have two wins in the last 10 years or whatever. So it was more like that. Did anything happen behind the scenes during the weeks that you can share with us? Well, not not anything specifically interesting, I want to say. It was, I remember long waiting times and, uh, you know, we brought a TV and an Xbox to the to our little room that we had in the arena, but... I'm sure a lot of things happened, but uh, not that I'm aware of. Yeah, you don't remember any gossip you can you can share with us? Uh, I'm afraid not. According to the bookmakers, the front runner early on was Italy with the dancing gorilla. The closer to the competition we came, Bulgaria, Romania, Sweden, and Portugal soared. Do you remember if you had any favorites among the songs? 
well, I really like the song from Portugal. I remember because it was it really stood out with its in its uh, style, and he uh, was a good singer. Um, other than that, I didn't have any favorites. I think I I, I like the the one from Italy too. Yeah, but uh, I was expecting Portugal to win, and and yeah, they did so. How did you see your own chances of winning? I actually, I had my goal set for top five. Of course, I wanted to, to win, but I, I couldn't really see it coming. So so I was super happy with the, with my fifth place. And, uh, you know, top three would have been even better, of course. But um, when I was there, was all I could think of, like, I didn't want to just get to the final to keep Sweden proud yeah. and uh, then just do my best and whatever. It's, it's something you can't do anything about how people are going to vote. So you, you you have your three minutes and that's it. Uh, so I try not to think about it too much. You were the first act to go out in the first semifinal. How were your nerves? Was I was I the first one in the first semi? Yeah. Oh, I don't remember that. <laughs> uh, well, I guess I was kind of... I guess I was nervous then. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but I don't even remember that. Maybe I j- just blacked out, yeah. I guess. Krista uh, Björkman was um, responsible for the for the list so he put you on i bet he was yeah (laughs) because he wanted the show to be open with a bang yeah the winner of the show was salvador sobral from portugal and in his victory speech he said i want to say that we live in a world of disposable music fast food music without any content and i think this could be a victory for music with people that make music that actually means something Uh, Music is not fireworks. Music is feeling. So let's try to do change this and bring music back, which is really what matters. Yeah. And three days after his victory, you uploaded a post which you tagged Salvador Sobral in, writing that you think his speech was below the level of a true winner and that fast food pop music can be the best thing in the world at the right place and time. Did he comment on your post? Did you get any answer? I don't remember. I don't think so. May, but like looking back, maybe I think maybe I overreacted a little bit. But I, you know, I, I never took it down because I I, I stood for what I wrote. But uh, I mean, I, I don't think he responded. Uh, no. What's your opinion today? Uh, well, it's all behind me now. I I think it was, some people thought that I was just you know mad because I didn't win. Uh, like a bad loser. Um, yeah, something like that, which. Is, it's uh, kind of weird because I said in pretty much every interview I made down there that my favorite song was Portugal and I think he's going to win. Uh, I never said that I was going to win. So uh, I think it was really good. And uh, maybe, I mean, he, he wasn't maybe too used to being a, in a big TV situation like that. So it's not it's not easy to, to find the words uh, and they say exactly what you think and feel at that moment for him. So... Maybe I was a bit hard. I don't know. <laughs> well, something I thought was hysterically funny was that a year later he had to hand over the prize to Netta from Israel, who he said in interviews a few days before was terribly bad in his opinion. Yeah. 
It's a problem that artists publicly diss or scorn other artists in the media. It's everyone's choice, I think. Yeah, I mean, I don't know exactly how many songs, but it's like 40 or something in Eurovision. And you, you can't possibly like each and every one of them. Of course not. What I don't get is the need to tell people about the ones that you don't like. Uh, but I understand that some people have the need to tell people when they don't like something. Um I try to focus on the the things that I do like instead. What happened after Eurovision in your life? Uh, well, I was already booked for a, a big summer tour in Sweden called Digilu with a, mm, yeah. a bunch of other uh, Melfest artists, and uh, so we went on a big summer tour, and then um, and then uh, I went on a, a little solo tour in the fall. So after Eurovision, I basically toured for like a year and a half. I think I had over 200 hotel nights in 2017. Uh, so it was uh, 100% speed um, for a while after that. And uh, it was the craziest year of my life, for sure. In 2020, you were back in the Swedish pre-selection and actually with one of my absolute favorite songs from the entire contest. Oh, thank you. Take a chance. Yeah, it's a beautiful song. I was actually hired to rate the songs in every semifinal for a Swedish news page online. Uh, okay. That was that was why we met in uh, Linköping. Uh, and I remember giving the song full marks. Thank you. If you take a chance on me We can write some history The first singer who tested the song, according to one of the composers, Jimmy Jansson, was Hanna Färm. Yeah. And he told me that the song didn't fit her at all. Did anyone else try the song before you got it? Well, I knew that Hanna had tried it, um, but I'm not sure if anyone else recorded it. I don't think so. I have learned that Hanna Färm tested something like 10 songs for the pre-selection in 2020, and in the end shows between the songs Brave and Ballerina. And she later opted for Brave. Uh, and I wonder, how many songs did you test for this particular year, 2020? Uh, just that one. I, I knew I wanted to sing it. I, I got the demo from, from Jimmy pretty early in the year. So I had his demo with, the, with Jimmy's voice on it uh, the whole summer. And then I recorded it in July or something. Maybe even later. 
because they 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 wanted a girl to sing it. They they pictured a girl to sing it, and then I said, "Just let me record it because I think I can, I can pull this song off. I think it will suit me well." And then we tried it, and it went well. What do you say? Shall we listen to the demo when uh, Jimmy Johnson sing? Take a chance. Yeah, sure. Do you have it? Yeah, 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 I have it. Okay, cool. Traffic sang like a symphony. I cut your perfume upon the breeze. Skipped a heartbeat and all I knew was I'm in love with you. Oh, oh. When you stopped at a small cafe, I saw you kiss him and smile that way. Never was such a rendezvous, a dark shade of blue. Walking inside a dream of you and me If you take a chance on me We could write some history Two butterflies rising high Are there any songs that have competed in Melodifestivalen that you have tested or been offered? Uh, not that I can recall, no. So Rena Rama Ding Dong wasn't offered to you? Well, <laughs> off record. <laughs> As you know, I love this song, especially the ABBA-esque chorus. What's your mm. relation to Take a Chance? Well, first time I heard it, I just felt like it had something special to it. It was something with a... Um, with a melody that felt timeless in a way uh, and, and it's funny that you say ABBA because that was my first reaction to and uh, it was the perfect song for me to return to the competition because it's just a solid great song and um, I didn't expect to win with it because I, I felt like this is this is a song that grows on you and I'm still gonna you know love singing this song in 10 years time and so that what I that's what I based uh, sending it in on. I just love the song and uh, yeah, that was my first reaction. I just loved it. My friend reminded me yesterday that I did a winner interview with you at the after party for our Swedish podcast Schlagvännerna. Okay. But since this podcast has an international audience, we do not need to listen to the interview with me rambling incoherently <laughs> and off my ass drunk trying to ask you a reasonable question. I was pretty drunk too, I think. I know. We screamed pretty good <laughs> two meters from the dance yeah. floor at two o'clock in the night. Um, but from what I remember, uh, you said that you were so relieved to move on to the final, but also so terribly tired after working so hard. Can you describe to our listeners how much hard work Melodifestival is? Did I say that? Yeah. <laughs> I don't remember that. I Because looking back, I don't think... I ever felt like, whoa, this is too much work to handle. Because first thing, it's so so much fun things you get to do, and but but I think, of course, it's it's a lot of work to put in for three minutes on stage. Yeah, I mean, we we prepare for months, and we we want to find the right lights, the right outfit, the the right moves to to really make the song be the best as it can be. Uh, and present it in the best possible way. So, of course, there is a lot of work going on that no one ever sees. But I, it's all it's all so much fun. So it's not something that I, I'm, I'm competing this year, and it's not like oh this this uh, month is gonna be so much work. I don't I don't feel like that. It's it just feels like so much fun is gonna happen this month. 
That's how that's how I look at it. At least this year. Yeah, because in less than a month you will take part for the fourth time in Melody Festival. Yeah. Was that an obvious choice to join the circus again? Yes and no, because I I I love the song Take a Chance, but I was a bit I thought it was going to go a bit better than than it was. I I expected it to be a top 5 song. Yeah, it got robbed. So so I said to myself that you know, if I'm going to do this again, it'll have to be with a song that I know have the chance to win. And here we are. <laughs> <laughs> the song is titled Innocent Love. What yeah. can you tell us about it? Well, it's up tempo. It's mm, uh, lovely. 170 BPM. Ooh. So it's um yeah, it's a fast one. It's um it's very direct. It's um I'd describe it arena pop rock. Big chorus. Mm, big chorus. Um it's like 3 minutes of party mode. It's it starts off uh, 100% and then it just accelerates <laughs> <laughs> uh, so uh, it's not much room to breathe um, but uh, I just I think it's the perfect song I, I think now that with the new restrictions maybe we don't we, we will not have an audience in the arena uh, or, or or possibly a small one but I in other interviews I have described it as the perfect song to you know come out of the pandemic yeah uh, <laughs> now it's not looking like that's gonna be the case but it's a song for an arena and and for this for this uh, uh, specific TV show. It's just gonna be so much fun on stage, and uh, I'm gonna have um, gonna be more live, a more live organic feeling to it. I'm gonna have a, a band on stage, and uh, you know, trying to think of it as my my own concert and just go out there and have fun. How uh, were you offered the song? Um, as all of my three other songs, it just co- a coincidence. I um, I talked to Jennifer, who is now my A and R at Universal, and uh, she just um, started a few months back, and uh, she had this song, and she and I just uh, we we talked like a year ago about working together. So I just uh, messaged her on on Facebook and said, "Hey, what's up? Let's grab a coffee or something." And uh, she said, "You know what? I have this song. Uh, maybe you should sing it." And uh, she sent it to me, and uh, I listened to it, and I was like, "Yeah, this is this could be the one." So we just booked a session for me to record it, and we did some minor changes to it uh, to make it more like my song. And uh, we sent it in, and it went well. You are a composer yourself. Didn't you write yeah. any songs yourself for Melody Festival? No, not yet. I I think in, me as a songwriter, I, I always like sit down with the guitar or piano and. Um, I grew up listening to a lot of like rock and blues and soul, and uh, when I write my own music, it's not necessarily exactly how my melody festival and songs have turned out. So, I I think it's it's hard for me to write songs. You know, it's not supposed to be longer than three minutes, and I, I've tried to write a few times for myself for melody festival, but I I always you know find a song that I think is better, and I don't really take any pride in as a writer so i obviously just go with a song that i think is gonna have the best chance now in pandemic times everything is very much uncertain for example i don't know if i will be able to go and join the team and report from the competition on site how -hmm. much information have you received yet i mean is the plan still that you should go to malmö with the whole gang and rehearse all week 
Well, as of now, I think that's the plan still. Uh, but they just... Well, now it's two days ago uh, when they came with new restrictions in in Sweden. So maybe they haven't had the time yet to to think of a plan B. Um, but uh, it looks like they're going to be like a maximum of 500 people in the audience. Yeah. And, uh, you know, that's better than zero people last year. So so hopefully we, we will get to go to Malmö and to the arena and... And uh, but it's not going to be like the good old days, but uh, uh, hopefully better than last year. So it's always so much more. Uh, the 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 live audience adds so much to the experience, uh, if you ask me. So I would just love if we still could go down there and have at least 500 people in the audience. That would mean a lot. How many competing songs have you heard from this year yet? Maybe four or five. Who do you see as your biggest competitor? Um, I have no idea, actually. I think, I think, uh, you know, there's always that someone that no one knows is going to blow up and then they just show up and, and, uh, rewrite the whole competition. But uh, I I try to not think about that uh, too much. Uh, right now I'm super focused on, on, uh, what I'm doing with my song and, uh, Yeah, it's actually a pretty nice feeling to be in the first first round and then hopefully everything goes well and you can just sit and watch the 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 other weeks on TV. But um we'll see. I'm I'm sure there are a lot of great songs that I'm competing with. There are 20, 28 of us who wants to win. Yeah. Well, good luck in the Melody Festival this year, Robin. Thank you so much. And I hope to meet you in just a few weeks. Yeah, hopefully we do. And for a drunk winner interview again. That I can promise. I can't-